Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another Soul of America radio broadcast. Tonight's episode is Let's Straighten It Out, starring Dr. Bo, also known as Big Easy. Big Easy helps you work out and foster healthy relationships. Tonight's show is brought to you by Blog Talk Radio and hosted and produced by the Soul of America Radio. And now, without any ado, we take you directly to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Well, good evening, folks. Welcome to another episode of Let's Straighten It Out. This is Dr. Bo, a.k.a. Big Easy. Uh, we want to encourage you to call your friends, encourage them to tune in, either go to the website, uh, com, or have them call in at 323-784-9638. If you call in, you can listen, or if you want to make comments, just press 1, and uh, we'll bring you on. Uh, tonight's episode is entitled For Fathers, Being the Man Your Family Needs You to Be. Uh, we're going to be sharing some thoughts about this topic, and hopefully it will be of interest, and hopefully it will might uh, inspire enough interest for you to call in and uh, make comments or raise questions. As always, I try to find topics that are of interest to a general audience, and I realize that some folks don't feel comfortable hearing themselves on the radio, so even if they have something to say, they don't feel comfortable uh, coming on live. If you don't want to be on live and have a question or comment, we can take it off the air and then uh, share that with the rest of the audience. So let's get started for tonight. Again, our topic is for fathers, being the man your family needs you to be. We want to start out by pointing out that some of the things that I'm going to say are applicable uh, no matter what your circumstances are because by definition um, or my working definition, a night of a family or two parents and a child or children, even if the parents don't live together, um, we sometimes think about the traditional family of a husband, wife, and uh, one or more children. Uh, There's a lot of discussion today about non-traditional families, and we won't get into that. We'll say that for another show. But for discussion tonight, we're going to think about a family as the two parents and however many children they have. Uh, both parents have an equal obligation to always do what's in the best interest of the child or the children, whether they are living together, separated, or divorced, or whatever the arrangement might be. Parents getting separated or divorced does not end their responsibility to be effective parents, to be loving parents, and to share the responsibility of loving and nurturing their children. Uh, Research and experience uh, clearly support the negative impact of the absent or uninvolved father. Uh, Sometimes the father can be physically present, but he's emotionally uninvolved or doesn't do a lot with the child, and that has the same impact in some instances as being physically absent. So if you think about the situation of a family, if you think about it like a recipe, if you're going to uh, make a dish, uh, there are certain ingredients that are required to make that dish. If you're going to make cornbread, for example, Although some people put a little meal in their cornbread, mix the meal in flour to make cornbread, and some cornbread mix is a little sweet. If you're going to make cornbread, if you only use flour, then that's not going to be cornbread. No matter what you call it, all of the other ingredients could be the same, but it won't be cornbread. So when you think about a family, you have to consider both parents, uh, regardless of their living arrangement, and however many children are in that family. It's a lot more difficult when the parents aren't together. Um, Sometimes you have a complicated situation of uh, a blended family where um, 
parents get divorced and one or both of them remarry, both remarry, then you basically have two blended families, which can create some pretty uh, interesting dynamics. And maybe that's the topic for a future show to look at some of the dynamics of a blended family because that's fairly common today. So if you think about the impact of the uninvolved or absent father, more and more families today are single-parent families. Uh, One set of uh, statistics say that 28% of all families are single-parent families, and that's gone up significantly. Um, And these were statistics that are probably about five years old or more, but of the 28% of the total population, 28% of total families or single-parent families, and of those single-parent families, about 84% or children living with mothers and about 16% or children living with fathers, and that number has increased uh, recently because there are more and more uh, fathers that are operating as single parents. And so we want to think about what's the impact on the children um, when you have a single parent uh, household. Uh, other statistics show that when you have children raised in a single parent household, uh, that there is uh, increased likelihood of poverty before the age of 11. Um, Violent crimes are usually committed by males, and most of these grew up in families without fathers. Uh, The statistics show that about 60% of rapists, 72% of adolescent murderers, and 70% of long-term prison inmates or children were raised without fathers. And these are statistics from the National Fatherhood Initiative. Some of the information that I'm going to share with you, uh, you can follow up at a couple of websites that are uh, very helpful. One is uh, www.fathers.com, and there are some excellent resources there. And then the... National Fatherhood Initiative uh, also is an excellent website. We'll provide that information for you a little bit later. But if you think about the negative impact of children being raised without a father actively involved in their life, and this, again, the father does not necessarily have to be physically absent, but if they are not actively involved and emotionally involved with their child, then it can have some very negative impacts. So in addition to the significant increase of single-parent families, um, statistically there are fewer people getting married, more people getting divorced, and more people uh, living in, in cohabitation or shacking, as some might call it. So the traditional family has been threatened for a long time. Um, And before people uh, get too off base, uh, just because a family is non-traditional does not necessarily mean that it will not be effective in parenting children, but the statistics clearly show that non-traditional families, particularly families that don't have a father actively involved in that child's life, is more at risk of some of the dysfunctional behavior that we see in families that we see and our children. Uh, children tend to have more problems with uh, poverty, alcohol and drug abuse, um, teenage pregnancy and gang involvement, uh, school dropout, uh, lack of ability to develop a livable you know, lifestyle. So fathers are very important. We hear a lot about the deadbeat dads, and unfortunately there are a lot of men that are quite guilty of that and feed into it, but Unfortunately, while you're focusing on the deadbeat dads, we forget to focus on some of the fathers that are uh, very conscientious about doing their job, and they're very effective fathers. So that's the impact of the media to a large extent. Uh, Whenever there's something negative going on, then uh, there's a lot of media focus on it. So those of you, those fathers out there uh, who are doing a good job, who are making a diligent effort to be the type of father that your family needs you to be, then kudos to you, my hat's off to you. 
Uh, those of you that are deadbeat dads that need to get your act together, then uh, get your act together. You need to uh, be more responsible. And so we want to think about what are some things that can be done to help avoid and overcome some of these um, social problems that have become so prevalent uh, in our life. Uh, young men, as I said earlier, that grow up without fathers were twice as likely to end up in jail uh, as those who come from a traditional two-parent family. And those with absent fathers uh, just have increasing odds of being incarcerated. And there's a disproportionate uh, representation of minority youth, uh, both male and female, in the juvenile justice system. Uh, so that's very critical. For example, here in Chattanooga, which is Hamilton County, uh, young African-American males between the ages of 12 and 18 make up about 27% of the general population and more than 60% of the young men that are incarcerated and a significant number of those are highly overrepresented in the youth that are tried as adults. So young men that are raised in a single-parent household without the benefit of a father or at least a father figure are twice as likely to end up incarcerated as those in a more traditional household. Now, that doesn't mean that those in traditional homes don't also get arrested, but if you don't have a father in your life and if you're in a single-parent situation, you're much more at risk. Sixty-three percent of youth suicides come from fatherless homes. Eighty-five uh, percent of all children that exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. These are from the United States Senate uh, for Disease Control and the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, Seventy-one percent of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. Um, that's another topic. Although high school dropouts typically aren't very functional, there is evidence of a lot of famous people that we know that were high school dropouts that became fairly successful. One that comes to mind is Dr. Bill Cosby, for example. Um, that's um, Some people don't know that, but he was a high school dropout that got his act together. But uh, by and large, that's not the case. Uh, children that live with single parents um, report lower educational expectations. Uh, the parents uh, are less involved uh, in their schoolwork sometimes and uh, have less uh, supervision, and sometimes the achievement um, is not as well. Now, it stands to reason that if you are a single parent, then it's very likely that you're going to have to spend a significant amount of your time working. Uh, some single parents are having to work two jobs even to uh, try to support their families. But children raised in these situations sometimes don't have the level of academic um, aspiration or academic success <clears throat> because of the inability of the parents to adequately be involved in their lives because sometimes they're working two or three jobs uh, just to make ends meet. Seventy percent of juveniles in state operation operated institutes uh, come from come from fatherless homes. Uh, boys who grow up in father absent homes are more likely to have trouble uh, establishing appropriate sex roles and gender identity. Uh, sometimes there's confusion. Uh, it might be a situation where you have a young man who's raised in a predominantly female environment. It might be a mother and grandmother and several sisters, and his um, socialization is in a female-dominated environment, and that can contribute to them being at risk to uh, confusion about their identity, about their role, uh, doesn't necessarily mean that they um, become homosexual, but it could be some confusion um, about what their identities are and uh, what their roles are. Statistics also show that uh, children, particularly uh, boys that are raised in uh, fatherless homes, tend to be more aggressive. Uh, that is true also of um, young men that are abused, for example, are more likely to become uh, abusers. Uh, children from low-income, uh, single-parent homes, 
um, or children from low-income two-parent homes tend to operate or to function better than, in some instances, uh, children of moderate or more income in single-parent homes. So uh, although poverty can have a very negative impact on academic achievement, uh, again, the single-parent family situation also can contribute to uh, the problems with achievement. Uh, more than 13% of juvenile delinquents come from families where uh, the biological and um, biological mother and father are married to each other. But by contrast, about 33% have parents who were either divorced or separated, and 44% uh, have parents who were uh, never married. Um, and as mentioned earlier, there's an increased likelihood of criminal activity. So it's very obvious that the father plays a very critical role in the health and welfare and the development of the child. So let's take a quick break. We'll be back shortly, and then we'll look at the next thing we want to look at is what exactly is the role and function of parents in general, and particularly the role and function of the father. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Dr. Bo Worldwide on Let's Straighten It Out right here on the Soul of America Radio. Give Dr. Bo a call right now at 323-784-9638. That's 323-784-9638 right here on the Soul of America Radio. This is a very important message from the Soul of America Radio. Please pardon our progress. We're making major changes in our programming and programming lineup at this time, and please ask for your patience as we do so. The Soul of America Radio isn't going anywhere. We're just making progress at this time. Thank you, and continue enjoying the rest of Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo. Now, worldwide, let's return to Let's Straighten It Out. Give Dr. Bo a call at 323-784-9638 and press 1 when you want to speak to Dr. Bo. That number is 323-784-9638. Press 1 to speak to Dr. Bo, and don't you forget it. And now, here's Dr. Bo in Let's Straighten It Out. Okay, folks, welcome back to tonight's episode of Let's Straighten It Out. Our topic tonight is for fathers, being the man your family needs you to be. Uh, To reinforce the point I made before break about the critical role of fathers and the need for them to be involved in their children's lives, whether they are physically living with the um, mother or not, um, we want to look at what really are the basic or the primary duties or responsibilities of both parents. And again, you have this responsibility and obligation, uh, whether you're living together in a happy, stable situation, or if you're separated or divorced, or if you never live together. Um, one of the main responsibilities or duties of a parent is socialization of their children, to teach them um norms, uh, social norms, uh, moral values, to teach them what the family's beliefs are about different things, to teach them about the social ideals, you know, what it's like to be a productive citizen in our society, Uh, to teach them the difference between right and wrong, good and bad. Uh, So you're talking about teaching them moral values and socializing them to 
grow up and to be productive adults. Um, so to teach your children um, how they should be is the primary role uh, of a parent. Um, similar to that, but a little different, is to train them. Um, and this is to train them, to help them to develop social, interpersonal, and relationship skills. Uh, the difference between teaching and training. Uh, teaching is to provide information and knowledge, while training is to help them to apply that knowledge and to develop skills over time. So just teaching someone something does not necessarily equate to change behavior. For example, um, they've had the warning on cigarettes for years. They've had uh, advertisement about the negative impact of cigarettes and the prevalence of cancer in people that smoke. So just providing them information and knowledge doesn't stop people from smoking. And so as a parent, we have the dual responsibility of both teaching our children to educate them about uh, social uh, values and norms, family values, um, uh, moral um, beliefs, and it's also our responsibility as parents to be role models and to provide life experiences for them to develop appropriate social skills, for them to uh, develop interpersonal skills and to be able to maintain positive, effective relationships. And so as parents, that can be more of a challenge if you're not in a happy, stable situation. But if you are divorced or separated, uh, you have an increased responsibility and obligation to work together in the best interest of your children uh, so that they don't miss out on some of the basics that they need um, in order to be effective and that includes the teaching and the training, um, and we'll get into this a little bit more. I mean, being involved in their education, uh, one set of statistics show that uh, children that are not functioning at grade level by uh, grade three are more at risk of developing uh, dysfunctional criminal behavior, and some states even use those statistics to determine uh, what type of uh, corrective correction facilities they need. So both parents are equally responsible for teaching and training their children uh, to help them to become responsible uh, citizens. Another thing is that it's the primary responsibility of parents, regardless of their circumstances, to provide for their children. As I said earlier, children that are raised in poverty are more at risk of not functioning, uh, to have uh, health and emotional problems to not do well in school. Um, so poverty can uh, create a problem. So if you are a father and you may not get along well with the mother, uh, it's not fair to the child for you to not pay child support because you don't like the mother. Um, by the same token, moms, if you don't like father, it's not right or not in a child's best interest to not allow the father to be involved in that child's life um, because you don't like them. So as parents, you have to work together uh, to provide for your children, to provide their basic needs, uh, food, clothing, and shelter. Um, it's also your responsibility to nurture your children, to provide uh, emotional nurturing, spiritual nurturing, um, and to just be involved in your children's lives to help them to develop a positive self-esteem. Children that have uh, low self-esteem oftentimes or children that are raised in single household families where there is uh, neglect and abuse sometimes or where there's ineffective parenting. And so as parents, not only do we have to provide for the basic needs, we have to nurture our children to uh, meet their emotional needs. And when I say to nurture them spiritually, that does not necessarily equate to religion, although that's a part of it. You have to have some type of a spiritual outlook to avoid some of the downfalls that people have or struggling with depression and other uh, issues like that. If you're feeling hopeless, uh, sometimes that's because of 
uh, some spiritual confusion. Now, some people get religion and spirituality confused, and uh, there's a place for each, and it's up to the parents to make choices about that for themselves as well as their children. But uh, we as parents have to provide that nurturing for our children to help them to develop uh, the type of self-esteem that they need to be uh, effective uh, adults. We also, as parents, are responsible for providing uh, control, I mean self-control and discipline. Uh, when I say discipline, that does not mean punishment, but uh, to be a role model to your children, to train them and to teach them uh, to have some ability to internally monitor themselves. The children only behave when you're with them or when you're threatening to whip them or to punish them. They're more at risk when they go out on their own of not being prepared to make uh, good decisions and to use their judgment in their best interest. Uh, they're just waiting for someone to tell them what to do, when to do it, how to do it. So as a parent, you need to uh, train your child to have self-control. You need to provide structure and discipline, and you don't have to whip your child. You can provide certain consequences to reward positive behavior and to have negative consequences to try to influence uh, some of their negative behavior to change. But as parents, it's important for you to be able to provide that discipline and self-control. Some, you know, some of it is you have to have that for yourself in order to be able to transmit it to your child. But that's another uh, primary responsibility. And lastly, a very critical parental duty is to love our children. Uh, that does not mean you let them get away with murder and you always let them have their way or you spoil them rotting. rotten. Sometimes you have to exercise tough love by setting boundaries and sometimes uh, you have to say no sometimes in order to help them to uh, learn to deal with the disappointments and the frustrations in life. If you're always providing for them, that's not necessarily love. Sometimes that can be very... Uh, enabling and you can hinder your child's uh, growth and emotional development if you um, don't have some tough love every now and then. So again, as parents, you have the responsibility to teach, to train, to provide for, to nurture, to help impart self-control and discipline, and most of all, to love your child. Um, there's a book by a local psychologist, a psychiatrist who's retired now. Dr. Ross Campbell wrote a book several years ago that's still uh, pretty relevant. Is How to Really Love Your Child, um, and it really is a helpful book to uh, for parents. And I'm sure you probably can uh, get it on Amazon.com. Um, but uh, that's an excellent book to help parents to learn how to provide for their children in a way to help them become uh, healthy and uh, productive citizens. Another thing that uh, parents provide for their children, which fits under the nurturing, I guess, is that uh, we provide status for them um, based on your family legacy and what's important to you. And so as you think about these general responsibilities for uh, both parents, then we want to look at what are some of the roles and responsibilities of fathers. Uh, some of this I want to pull from a resource. Um, if you go to www.fathers.com, uh, that's a very good website. It has some really uh, helpful information, and you know that's something that's important uh, for you as a father to uh, be able to learn how to be more effective uh, as fathers. Uh, so there was a book written by Ken Canfield called The Seven Secrets of Effective Fathers. And so some of this information I found to be very helpful uh, when you look at what exactly is the role and function of the father. How can you be an effective father? And one thing that Dr. Canfield points out is that it's very critical that you are actively involved in your child's life. is what he calls a consistent presence. And Dr. Canfield says that the best present, P-R-E-S-E-N-T, is your presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. -E -E. 
So even if you are a divorced father, uh, you need to be involved in your child's life because divorce can make children feel very insecure. Uh, if you're in a situation and you're not divorced but you're fussing and fighting all the time, then uh, sometimes that can be more uh, anxiety-provoking for the child than if you uh, divorce because sometimes children uh, feel responsible. And so if you are a father, it's important for you to not only pay your child support and to do things for your child in a material manner, but it's also important for you to be physically and emotionally involved with your child. Spend time with them. Uh, call them on a regular basis if you're divorced. Um, write letters to them. Uh, remember birthdays. And uh, try not to make you know those uh, broken promises where a lot of times with good intentions, uh, fathers make promises that they uh, can't or choose not to keep. Your child needs you involved in their lives so that, you know, there's a certain amount of predictability. You need to develop um, patterns and routines with them. You need to do things with them to uh, maintain traditions and to develop positive memories. If they've got, if they're involved in music or art or they're uh, playing sports, then it's very important for you to be actively involved in their lives. Some of my fondest memories or when our children were growing up and being involved in their activities, taking them to football and soccer practice and going to the games. And um, a very rewarding experience for me was uh, being involved in scouting with my youngest son. Um, uh, and even after he graduated and went off to college, I still uh, was involved. But one of the best gifts that I have ever received was a letter from my son how when he was talking about how he enjoyed uh, some of the things that we had done together and some of the things that I remembered when he brought it up, I didn't realize the impact that it had until he wrote this letter. He was an adult when he wrote it because it hadn't really been that long ago. But some of the things that we did with them when they were growing up um, developed some positive memories. So it's very important for you to uh, be actively involved in your child's life. You need to provide consistency. Um, children have enough disappointments and frustrations to deal with, and so you need to uh, be a role model uh, to provide that consistency, to provide that positive predictability. Um, you don't want to have you know mood swings or to be you know violent with your children or to be verbally abusive. Um, if you make promises, you want to keep promises. You want to uh, demonstrate you know positive behavior. Um, you want to do things that will support them and to provide that stability. If you're in a situation where you're divorced, it's even more critical. Um, that you develop a parenting plan that is going to uh, be in the best interest of your child. Sometimes uh, both parents have to make sacrifices to do what's best for their child, but don't make promises that you know you can't keep or that you know you won't keep. Sometimes it's better to say no and let the child go ahead and start dealing with the disappointment and helping them to get over it than to make these empty promises and to not follow through with it because that creates a certain amount of uh, distrust um, with your children. Um, <clears throat> another responsibility that Dr. Canfield shares in his book is that we have a responsibility, and I mentioned this earlier, to provide moral and spiritual guidance for our, our children. Um, and he makes the point that to that some fathers say, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, this doesn't work with kids. Uh, children want to see us practice what we preach. Uh, you know, those saying actions speak louder than words. If you exercise double standards and if you're inconsistent in what you do, uh, that can be very frustrating to children. And children sometimes lose respect for you, and they don't value what you say. If you preach one set of values, but you do something totally different, uh, then, you know, that's very um, 
difficult for the child to cope with because they never know what's going to happen or which way you're going to come down. So you want to um, be the moral character example for your child uh, to do the right things and to uh, practice what you preach. That's how you prepare them um, to be adults. Uh, You have to be open and honest with them. And the best way to develop the trust that they need to have is through, you know, being open and honest and uh, following through with what you uh, say you're going to do. You know, whatever your spiritual, religious beliefs might be, uh, then you share that with your children and your behavior, again, needs to be uh, very consistent. I've seen situations where uh, parents send their children off to church, but they don't go themselves, and that can be a mixed message to the children. Or you do things that are not trustworthy or honest, and you're demonstrating to your child that that's okay. And then if you get on their case uh, when they do the same thing, that double standard uh, can diminish your child's trust and respect. Um, I think it's important for both parents to be actively involved in your child's education, uh, being involved in PTA, volunteering at the school, reading with your child, helping your child uh, with their homework, and all these things need to be age-appropriate. Then uh, you start in elementary school and work up. By the time they get to high school, then your involvement in their education uh, becomes a little bit different, but especially with the middle school and Um, elementary middle school, for example, uh, it's very important that you are actively involved with your child, that you're teaching them to be respectful of teachers and authority figures. Um, Sometimes uh, you have to be careful uh, because sometimes people in roles of authority, um, you know, teachers, preachers, and others, don't always do what they ought to do. So Although you want to teach your child to be respectful of authority, you also uh, want to listen to them in case they encounter some of these authority figures that um, don't necessarily have the uh, respect or don't engender the respect that they want or deserve. Uh, You need to be aware of what's going on uh, in your child's world, and that means spending time with them and learning about what they like and what they don't like. What are some of the struggles uh, that they're having? Uh, What are some things that you might be able to help them with? And the only way to be aware is to be involved. Uh, We talked earlier about nurturing, and we'll get into this a little bit more, about how do you properly nurture your children, whether it's uh, boys or girls. You know, sometimes we uh, pass on mixed messages uh, because of the way that we were raised. And it's not just a woman's job to nurture your children. Uh, it's the mutual responsibility of both parents to show affection to your children, uh, to affirm them, you know, to show them attention. Uh, these are the ways that you nurture um, them, whether they are boys or girls. I think it's important for you to... Uh, be committed and to help them to see your commitment, that you're willing to make sacrifices um, with them, that you are actively listening to them, that you're not just pretending to, but that you really actively uh, listen to what they have to say. Um, so we want to think about these things of what can you do as a father to really love your children to carry out these responsibilities. That could be a heavy load for some people because some people weren't trained. They were raised in families where they weren't uh, trained or they weren't provided um, proper role models to learn that. So some people have had to learn through other means. But as parents, I think it's important for us to understand how critical it is for us to be the positive role models for our children and to do the things that we need to do to prepare them to be uh, good citizens, to be responsible citizens, and to have positive relationships. So we're going to take another quick break. Uh, We are running out of time, uh, but we've got about 20 more minutes, so 
Let's take another break, and then we'll be back shortly. You're spending your evening with Dr. Bo on Let's Straighten It Out, right here on the Soul of America Radio. Don't go anywhere. Dr. Bo is coming right back. I'm Tony Stallings with the Soul of America Radio, and we'd like to thank you for your patience. That's right, patience during our construction. We are reconstructing SOAR for the best experience possible for you. I wouldn't have it any other way. Most of our programmings are no longer available as we are revamping everything. We aren't going nowhere. We're just getting better. Thank you for your continued support, as always. Love you and peace. Keep soaring. Give Dr. Bo a call at 323-784-9638 and press 1 to speak with Dr. Bo. This is the Soul of America Radio. And we now return you to Let's Straighten It Out with Dr. Bo, right here on the Soul of America Radio. Okay, in the time that we have left, we want to look a little bit more closely at what are some things that fathers can do with their boys and what are some things that fathers can do uh, with their girls. When we think about the general parental responsibilities and duties that we talked about earlier, when we looked um, right before the break at what were some of the specific roles and functions of the father, and we want to break that down a little bit and look at uh, what are some things that we can do with our boys to be more effective fathers, and what are some things that we can do um, with our girls to do that? Uh, I read across a very um, helpful article uh, on the www.fathers.com uh, website, and it was an article written by uh, Byron Ricks, uh, who's a certified trainer and seminar leader, um, and he wrote a book entitled Searching for Dad, Nine Side Effects of Growing Up Fatherless and How to Overcome Them. Um, and you can get more information on his website at www.byronricks.com. Uh, but I thought these were very helpful thoughts about what can you do um why is it important for you to be involved in your son's life? Uh, the first thing that he pointed out is that we help them to shape their identity. You know, we have to be role models to uh, help them to uh, define themselves as a man. You know, you single moms, you know, you can't be mom and dad. You can only be the best mother you can be. So no matter who you are or what your skills, abilities, and resources are, you can never be the boy's father. You can only be the best mother that you can be. So as young men search for a sense of of identity, then it starts with the father. And please, moms, if you don't like the father, uh, don't disparage the father to your child. Or I've seen situations where you're told you're going to be just like your no-good daddy. That doesn't help the child. Uh, so when you disparage the father and fathers, you don't disparage the mom. You, know, you have to not do that in the best interest of your child. But men help develop and shape the identity of their sons, and that's very important that you're a positive uh, role model. Uh, you help them to have that sense of belonging, Um if the father is involved, um, you know, boys tend to be less likely to be um, influenced by joining gangs, although there are uh, some gang members that have fathers. Um, most of them probably don't um, because if your son has to look outside for social acceptance or for a sense of status or belonging, that puts them more at risk of uh, being involved in gangs, or sometimes it puts them more at risk of bullying, of being bullied, um, because sometimes kids are trying to fit in 
and they will put up with stuff that they uh, shouldn't. That's not in their best interests. Um, fathers influence uh, values. Now, sometimes fathers can influence the wrong values. Uh, fathers that are out buying expensive tennis shoes and trying to meet all of the material needs of their kids um, aren't imparting the positive values. You have to be careful of how you dress, things that you do uh, or don't do that um, influence your children. Uh, you have to be the one to help them to develop a solid work ethic, uh, to teach them how to be involved in healthy relationships and to uh, deal with conflict. It's important for fathers to be a positive role model to help develop um, solid character traits uh, like integrity, honesty, uh, fairness, courage. Um, you know, uh, There's a lot of uh, people that or so busy criticizing Boy Scouts because of some of the stances that they've taken. But scouting is a very positive uh, outlet for boys. And if you are a man with a son, then I would encourage you to consider uh, getting involved in scouting with your son. That provides a structured uh, resource for you and your son to have outlets and for you to get some um, complimentary support of being a good role model for your um, son. It's very important that fathers teach their sons to respect others, to respect women especially, to especially respect their mothers and you know female family members, but to respect people in general. Um, fathers have to be involved um, with their young boys especially to help them to develop um, healthy uh, outlets because if they don't have healthy outlets, they're going to be more at risk of being tempted to do things that they shouldn't be doing. So um, you have to be involved to not make a void. So even if you're separated and divorced from their mother, you still can be actively involved in your son's life. And hopefully you won't encounter one of those situations where uh, mom won't allow you to be involved. And so it gets back to what I said at the top of the show. Regardless of your living arrangements, it's the mutual obligation of both parents to do what's in the best interest of their children. I think it's important for uh, the father to, um, at the appropriate age, to uh, teach their uh, sons um, healthy, appropriate attitudes about sex because uh, there's a certain point in their lives when they're going to be more influenced by peers and they're going to oftentimes be misinformed. Uh, you'd be surprised at some of the myths that young folks have about uh, sex and sexuality and uh, you don't want your son to develop unhealthy uh, attitudes and knowledge or to be uninformed because that puts them uh, more at risk. You know, sometimes people can uh, be so busy just telling kids don't do something that they don't give them alternatives. They don't teach them other skills to help them to avoid the temptation that they're going to get from peers to deal with the, curious, the natural curiosity that they're going to have as their bodies start maturing and developing. And with the media uh, being so uh, sexually focused, uh, young men are going to have more difficulty now uh, controlling that than they did in the past uh, because everything is so much more accessible. Um, think about what it was, say, 15, 20, 30 years ago and look at the prevalence of uh, sex and pornography and that sort of thing on the Internet now. Young men have more temptation uh, so you have a greater risk of uh, teenage pregnancies. You have a greater risk of sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, so we need to educate our children and to teach them to uh, not get caught in those traps. And we need to, again, we need to um, demonstrate love to help them to uh, be open in their relationships, to be a little vulnerable, to develop trust. Uh, we have to be very careful about what we tell our children, especially young men. We have to be careful of 
how we demonstrate with our wives and with other women uh, how to be appropriate and how to treat women. So as a role model, it's the father's responsibility to train and to teach and to educate their sons about how to be men. So although, uh, as I said earlier, 28% of all families are a single parent uh, household, and the vast majority of those are um, led by women, mothers, you have to remember that you can only be the best mother that you can be. Uh, you can't be father and mother. And please don't throw up in your face, your children's face, so I've got to be both father and mom or your father's no good. Even if dad's no good, you have to find ways of dealing with dad one-on-one and not in the presence of the child, but to not use that as a way to ventilate your anger and frustration. Because all it does, is it creates confusion for your child. You should never put your child in a predicament where he's having to choose between one parent or the other. And so as parents, you have that mutual responsibility and obligation uh, to, you know, nurture your children. Now, what about girls? Uh, fathers, it's important for you to be a role model to your girls because you have to teach them about how to have appropriate relationships with men, how to uh, learn and develop appropriate uh, boundaries and healthy touch and unhealthy touch and uh, how to keep themselves safe, how not to fall trapped fall into the trap of some young man who's trying to um, mislead them. So one way of doing that, and again, you can go to the uh, com website, uh, and it has more details about this. But one thing that you need to understand is that sometimes young women get into dysfunctional, unhealthy relationships because they just don't know any better. They haven't had a father or a male figure in their life to teach them healthy you know, role functions, to teach them uh, healthy boundaries. And sometimes what they are searching for um, is the replacement for that absent father. You know, how many uh, movies or TV shows have you seen where um, women that were uh, prostitutes or that get into uh, the porn industry and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, some of them uh, have been abused, but some of them uh, just have had very unhealthy or absent uh, relationships with their father, and they're looking for love in all the wrong places, so to speak. So one of the roles and functions of the father is to <clears throat> engage their children, you know, physically to show them affection, but to uh, be appropriate. You don't want to get into inappropriate uh, touch, but you, as a father, want to help to um, provide that nurturing uh, touch for your daughter uh, and your sons, but particularly for your daughters, you want to um, provide psychological and physiological nurturing and support and you want to show them affection, but to help them to learn how to um, experience appropriate healthy affection, how to uh, develop a healthy emotional bond uh, with you so that they can learn how to transfer that to other relationships that they might have uh, in the future. You know, if you don't help your daughter to set these boundaries and to learn how to get affection in appropriate ways, you might be setting her up um, that she gets frustrated and starts looking for it in inappropriate ways, which means that she might be more susceptible to uh, the manipulation of young men who are meeting that need for her. And so as a father, um, you want to educate her about appropriate touch, about uh, that. So you have to share that responsibility with the mother and so some people think, well, it's the father's son to do that with the son, and it's the mother's responsibility to do that with the daughter. Well, it's the mutual responsibility of both parents to nurture and to educate and to train their children about appropriate touch and to be affectionate uh, toward them, to help them to learn to develop the proper emotional boundaries. I think it's very important um, that we listen to our children, uh, particularly our young women. Um, sometimes they might not 
feel comfortable sharing with fathers, but they need to be able to share with both parents. Uh, you need to feel comfortable um, encouraging them to talk to you because a lot of times when children get to be teenagers, they prefer to be with their peers than with their parents. And so it's important for you to early on develop um, family relationships and family activities to have that involvement so that your children will listen, but you have to listen. And sometimes you might not want to hear uh, what they have to say, but you need to learn some of the rules of active listening. And we'll uh, get into that a little bit later. We might do a show on communication or um, effective listening, but uh, we want to listen to our children. We want to be involved in their lives to see what they're dealing with. Um, you know, so it's very important for you to uh, do that. I think it's important for the father to be a positive male role model to demonstrate to their daughters um, how to be masculine, how men should be masculine, uh, and that doesn't mean macho. Um, it's important for you to be an example to show them how to be, you know, trustworthy and consistent. Um, you want to put your family first. Uh, you want to keep promises. You want to invest your time and energy with your children, particularly with daughters, to help them to see a healthy side. Um, you don't want to be inconsistent and irresponsible or chauvinistic because um, you'll see that a lot in the you know out in public. But you want to provide a positive masculine role model for your daughter so that she sees how men should treat her. And if she sees you being trustworthy and uh, sensitive to her feelings and putting the family first and uh, keeping your promises and spending time with her, uh, then that will help them to develop more healthy male relationships. Uh, you want to be a positive role model in you know, showing them how you treat women based on how you treat their mother. If she sees you mistreating and abusing and disrespecting um, the mother, then the daughter probably won't have a whole lot of respect for you, but uh, you have to find ways to uh, be that positive role model, to be involved uh, in their life and to do things uh, with them, you know, um, teaching them life skills, um, showing them that you love them, but thinking back to the earlier responsibilities that you have as parents, that we want to remember that regardless of your circumstances, regardless of your relationship with mom, it's very important for you to remember that as a father, you're very much needed by your family, and statistics show that if you're not actively involved in their lives, both physically and emotionally and spiritually, then you leave a big void in their life and you put them more at risk of a lot of the negative behaviors that we talked about earlier. So nobody's perfect, and you know, at least make the effort uh, to do what you need to do to be uh, a good father. And part of being a good father is basically treating mom properly, loving her, and showing her respect. And again, that's whether you are living together or not. So uh, think about these things. Uh, we'll post the uh, websites and some of these resources on the Soul of America Radio uh, website. Um, but tune in next week for another topic and let your friends know about us. Check out our Facebook page and we'll be off for the night, and we will see you next week. So take care, and we'll see you next Thursday.
I wanna stay. 